You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. We came across a lot of zones that were acid, and the gold and silver was high grade. I'm talking about more than a thousand grams per ton of silver and a couple of 10 grams per ton of gold in some veins that do not have lead and zinc, which showed us that there is an opportunity to define multiple veins, 11 meters wide veins, with really attractive opportunity to define resources in the future. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. Thank you for tuning in. Well, it appears this week that silver is the metal of the week. It's broken through $21 an ounce for the first time in a long time, hitting a four-year high. The silver to gold ratio, which in mid-March of this year was 125 to 1. That means it takes 125 ounces of silver to purchase one ounce of gold. Well, that's fallen to 88 to 1 as I record today. And my favorite tweet that I saw on Twitter recently said, silver is the new Tesla. Tesla, of course, has been a hot stock and been going parabolic. And so uh, Grant Beasley on Twitter says silver is the new Tesla. And as silver appears to be outperforming gold, it's good to be reminded that just as silver outperforms gold in a precious metals bull market, quality silver equities outperform the silver price significantly multiples of the silver price actually traditionally and one poster child example of this uh, from 2016 until today is silver crest metals i remember looking at this stock i didn't buy it but i almost bought it at eight cents in january of 2016 well, as I speak today, it's been uh, in the last week or two, it's been trading between $10 and $11 per share from $0.08 cents US, I'm speaking, to US $10 to $11 a share. That's a mere about 130-fold gain. Not bad. So those are the type of silver equity wins that we look for as investors. And my guest today was actually a part of the group that launched Silvercrest. Uh, his name is Marcio Fonseca. He is the president and CEO of GR Silver Mining, a Mexico-focused silver explorer and developer and has been around since 2018. This company has really been gaining a lot of market traction, especially since PDAC of this year. I welcome GR Silver Mining as a new show sponsor. The website is grsilvermining.com. In Toronto on the Venture Exchange, you can find it under the ticker GRSL. In New York on the OTCQB, it's GRSLF. And in Frankfurt under the ticker GPE. So Marcio, welcome to Mining Stock Education for the first time. And as I referenced, you are part of that group that launched Silvercrest. Could you share a little more about your involvement with Silvercrest at its inception? Thank you for having me here, for sure. Uh, it goes back to 2005 when I was investment banker for Macquarie Bank. New York and then came to live in Vancouver. My business, my mandate for the bank at that time was to find opportunities to invest in new players in silver and precious metals in Latin America. Mexico became a backyard and Silvercrest Mines was my first client. Very close relationship with the founders to the point that they invited me to depart the bank after a successful career, 10 years, to become an executive and shareholder. And my mandate at that time was to help them to prepare the company for a potential M&A, which we completed in 2015 when the company was sold to First Majestic, 155 million Canadian dollars transaction, a great return to the investors because they received shares in Silvercrest Metals and shares in First Majestic. 
a great return for everybody. I decided to go back to Mexico and create a new company in a district named Rosario, where I believe there is a great opportunity for discovery of multiple high-grade veins, silver and gold as well. And you're going after quality assets, but you know because you come from the banking side, you also need a quality team. One member of your team is Hayadan, who is the the executive at the helm of Osino Resources. My audience will know Haya. He's on your board, but what are some of the other quality leaders that you have on your team there? For sure, management and te- the team management and directors is very important. People need to be very business oriented and really have solid technical, financial, or legal background. Uh, it's a good mix of people with banking experience, technical experience, myself, there's the VP of Corporate Development, Trevor Wolf, ex-Placer Dom, both of us fluent in Spanish in these times of pandemic and restrictions, we can do a lot of remote management. On, on the legal side, we have well-known uh, people that have experience in the securities. And the advisory board is important to refer that we have the chairman of Meg Silva, another successful story. He's been working with us as well. Jonathan Rubinstein, and you can see that Derek White is the CEO of Quadra of Ascot Resources, another successful gold story here in Canada, but former CEO of Quadra Mining, another story that was sold at premium for other copper players. So we might bring additional people soon with legal and Mexican experience, which is going to enhance our board position as well. When you were a banker, I'm sure one of one aspect of your due diligence was looking at management salary and skin in the game. So with that in mind, uh, how have you paid yourself and what type of skin in the game have you invested in GR Silver Mining? Yeah, you're right. I think uh, the mining industry, particularly the junior space, has a, a, a bad track record about this kind of corporate co- governance. I... I've been very diligent in, the, diligent in the last three years to be really uh, low paid salaries because most of the capital of the comp- that the company raised has been invested in the ground with drilling and expansion of resources and acquiring assets at low cost. Uh, as, a, as a matter of skin in the game, most of the key executives of this company, including myself, have been participating in most of the financings until last March. I was, I was probably the largest shareholder because now First Majestic, since we bought the Promosas project, became the first sh- largest shareholder. And all the shares that I I have until today, they were paid shares. And your skill set, you're from the banking side. So what type of edge do you feel like you have at the helm of GR Silver Mining? I have a, a dual background. I have technical and financial. Before I became a banker in New York and Vancouver, after I, I went to study finance in London, UK. I spent many years in Latin America in, as exploration geologist, project geologist, mine geologist, and also some economic engineering background in big operations for Valley and Phelps Dodge, big companies. Came to US and worked in the US as well. So having this dual background helped me a lot when I joined a bank to do due diligence, technical, financial, legal, and identify risks and opportunities for the bank. And when we put together GR Silver at the Rosario Mine District, we use that mentality. Where is the lowest risk and the highest probability of a higher return for the investment that we are doing? And GR Silver became no-brainer for us. And since then, 2018, we've been consolidating assets in the district. And today, I feel comfortable to say that we have the most important assets, silver and gold, in that district. 
at resource expansion potential development stage. Vizla Resources has made some noise in this district. Are there any other plays around that investors might be familiar with? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, like uh, Another example is Prime, Prime Mining, P-R-I-M-E. It's a gold open pit uh, uh, resource stage project. They have a similar size of resource as we do. And the difference that we between Vizla and Prime and us is that we have a much larger portfolio. We have 29,000 hectares. And in the case of GR Silva, we control most of the concessions and projects. We control 100%, no major upcoming payments. So all the capital that we raised is pretty much going to be invested in drilling and resource estimation and engineering studies. That's the difference, I would say. So you're debt-free. You own your projects outright. The first one is San Marcial. Can you give us a more in-depth overview of this project? Yes, uh, it goes back to when we uh, took the company public two years ago. We were very quiet. The district is not what it is today. Today is is on, on the radar of most brokers and bankers because of the successful Prime and Vizsla. We acquired San Marcial in an option three option from SSR Mining, a billion dollar company. And the acquisition cost was probably close to 13 cents per ounce in the ground. Very cheap compared to silver price at that time was $11 per ounce. Today is very different. The option is an investment in exploration, which we have fulfilled already the 3 million Canadian dollars of investment. And there's a payment of 2.5 million Canadian, which is small, and we might even anticipate next year. In Two years, we've been able to almost uh, increase the resource from 23 million ounces to 40 million ounces of silver. And that makes the project very attractive, a potential open pit project for silver, low cost of development, because now we bought the new one, the, the project next door, the Plomosas, that has a lot of infrastructure, more than 30 million US dollars invested in infrastructure, plus 18 million US dollars invested by First Majestic and Grupo Mexico in exploration. You're up to 40 million ounces of silver. I know this is a forward-looking statement, your answer, but can you give us an idea of the potential beyond this 40 million ounces? Yeah, the way we are approaching this now is to give an idea about how we are anticipating the increase of ounces. It's like the San Marcial resource is on a 500 meters long area. It's a, 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 a lot of drill holes, but it's one area inside the concession. Now we have plomosas with six areas of drill holes, on average 100 drill holes on each one of these areas. None of these holes were released ever by Grupo Mexico First Majestic, and we are validating and releasing them. And at the same time, we have just initiated a drilling program at Plomosa, have fresh drill holes. So we are going from one target with 40 million ounces of silver to six areas with drill holes to define resources on those areas. So Plomosis, this project, I mean, is this a project that has pota- uh, potentially more upside than even San Marcial? Uh, I'm very excited. We are very excited about Plomosis because Plomosis was a lead and zinc small mine. And when we got the data and completed due diligence, we realized that not only there was a lead and zinc mine, but now we have six areas with all these drill holes, plus 11 additional areas never ever explored. When we reviewed the data, the drill holes data, the plus 500 drill holes, we came across a lot of zones that were acid and the gold and silver was high grade. I'm talking about more than a thousand grams per ton of silver and a couple of 10 grams per ton of gold in some veins that do not have lead and zinc, which showed us that there's an opportunity to define multiple veins, 
three to 11 meters wide veins with really attractive opportunity to define resources in the future. Marcio, uh, skeptical investors will say, well, if the project's so good, why did First Majestic divest it? How would you answer an investor that has this question? We've been in the area for the last two, three years, and they were our neighbors. They've been watching how successful we've been with San Marcial in a very diligent and very effective way to deploy the capital to add ounces. Uh, we were invited by them to bid for the project. It was not a bid, uh, a, 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 a public bidding, bidding process. It goes back about also the relationship with me, uh, between myself and some executives at First Majestic when I was involved selling Santa Lina Silvercrest mines to them. They realized that they were busy at Primero, San Dimas mine, which the geology is not that much different than Promosas, which is uh, San Dimas is a big deposit. They invited us, we accept the, 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 the invitation, we bought the project, and they became the largest shareholder. In a way, they took 20% equity investment in San Marcial because they became the largest shareholder, 19.9%. But they still believe in the quality of the asset because the last bought deal, which announced initially at 5 million Canadian dollars and ended up raising 9.1 million, First Majestic invested one million Canadian dollars. It's a big bolt of confidence in the asset and the management of GR Silver. And this project has about 50 million U.S. already sunk into it, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, it sunk is 18 million U.S. dollars in exploration. In infrastructure, 30 million U.S. Because we have a camp, we have a power line, we have roads, we have some eight, close to 8,000 meters of underground development. Uh, the Plumosas is a project that has all the permits for exploration and exploitation i mean you can if the company decides to move further into the development and construct uh, repair and do some mining the authorization is there because it's on a form of as a best producer okay so to recap uh, where we are in our discussion at this point we have a resource an ni43101 resource for 40 million ounces of silver and we have huge exploration potential in which you own 100 percent of these projects with that in mind two years from now where is gr silver mining going to be if everything goes as planned in two years from now the vision in the business is to integrate both projects plumosas which has all the permits and it can have all the infrastructure with San Marcial and define a much larger resource with adding the six areas of drill holes to the one area that we have 40 million ounces. You can see the, the potential to multiply the size there and do some economics to show how attractive the combined project is for potential acquisitions and receive a premium from other silver producers in the case. So the strategy is to sell off the projects? I would be honest, is that's the first strategy at this stage. And the treasury, you just topped it off, as we said recently, with $9 million. How far will that take you? That can take us easily for the next two years. And on top of that, all the warrants and options are in the money with the recent rally in the share price, but still some legs to go up compared to other peers in the district. So we are fully funded for all we need to do. What do you think are some of the key things that could go wrong and derail your plan? Is the Mexican government or issues with COVID? I'm familiar with the operating Mexico for a long time. Mexico is a mining country, okay? It's the largest silver producer in the world. Of course, there, there's, some, there's always some discussions about potential risks related to increasing tax. So that can be an area to be watching for. And the way we address that risk is 
finding high quality assets of high grade and high margin. If there's an increase in tax, you still have, still profitable as a project, right? On uh, the COVID, the pandemic, we are in an area that particularly the project area, we have zero cases. The coastline is where most of the cases are, which is typical for snowbirds from the US and Canada to spend the winter there, Mazatlan. But most of the employees and drillers and field workers and geologists are living nearby. So we have limbs the flow of external people. So that's a point. Of course, everybody has been tested. It's clean. Having a management that's fluent Spanish, bilingual, that helps to remote manage the, the situation. But of course, the pandemic and the way it is going to continue to be uh, an important variable is something to watch and potential risk. And I think we should point out, just to make clear, you have an advantage also in that your cost of dr drilling is quite low, isn't it? Yeah, uh, we team up with some local drillers in a way to, 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 to reduce mobilization. We have really implemented a way to employ local people to be trained as drillers instead of bringing people from outside. That favors the relationship of the community as well to increase employment and social relationship. So that is a way to really, for each dollar that you raise, you can do more than it would be drilling in Canada and US. Of course, the cost of drilling and the exchange, that helps a lot. Other than the silver price, the catalyst that investors should be looking for, uh, will it be uh, drill results and an upcoming resource estimate? That's right, but the upcoming resource is more end of the year, early next year. But the consistent flow of news is going to be something very visible for this company, not only because we have this plus 500 drill holes that we have released only 100 so far, but we are one drill rig on site and we are about to receive two more drill rigs. So you have uh, historic holes from, that you're gathered from First Majestic, which they didn't release, and new holes that you're going to be poking into the ground. That's right. But the First Majestic holes is important to mention that they are drill holes drilled in 2016. 17 and 18, not that old. And they didn't release them because they were busy with other things and it may have not been material to them, but for you being a junior, it's material news. For sure, yeah. About, I'll give an example. There are a couple of holes with like 11 meters with more than one kilo of silver. They are material for a company of this magnitude. Well, Marcio, this has been a great overview. As we conclude, any final thoughts that you'd like to leave with the investors listening to us? Yes, for sure. In a snapshot, this company is a company. It's at resource expansion development stage, probably in two years. But the next two years, a lot of drill hole results, resource expansion, defining ounces, adding ounces of silver and gold to the inventory of ounces that we have today, 40 million. And the way we are going to do is to continue to drill along the strike and expanding what we know about mineralized zones and continue to consolidate the district and discovering more veins, high-grade silver and gold veins. The website again is grsilvermining.com in the Venture Exchange in Toronto. Find it under the ticker GRSL in New York on the OTC, GRSLF, and in Frankfurt, GPE. Marcio, really appreciate you coming on the show and providing this overview. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks.
The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.